Ladies and gentlemen, we are back just like we told you we were going to be. This is nothing but miss the bonus in the bonus episode. My word. That's right. We're firing up. There's so much content that's been going on. Melky and I, we can't just talk to each other all the time. We just need to vent to the world. Melky, how's it going, buddy? We're back. We're back. Just when your viewers thought Ba and I were gone, we reappear like LeBron James' hairline. We couldn't we couldn't walk off the court just yet with all the off-season activity. It's simply making my head spin. I'm doing well, by the way. <laughs> Great comment. You caught me with, by surprise there with the LeBron. I love it. Not talked about enough, that just rejuvenation, youth, fountain of youth. Okay. So this episode is super packed, and we're going to start it off kind of at the beginning of the summer. We're going all the way back to the NBA draft. Uh, massive night, tons of lead up. What are we going to do? Uh, everybody kind of knew my feelings. I was saying we were probably going to get greener Suggs. That was my hope. I, I really wanted a Lowry replacement. Uh, and Melky was in on Mobley, thinking that we were going to get this excellent big man. So with that being said, let's kind of get in what happened. Uh, massive night. And first overall with Detroit, Cade Cunningham, just like everybody predicted, he's going uh, massive talent. Detroit landed an absolute superstar in the future, don't you think? Generational player, probably the best, arguably the best player in the draft. It was a no-brainer. They need something over there because it's a wasteland. It's NBA Cyberbia. So kudos to them. I mean, he fell in their lap, so hopefully they don't waste his talent. Yeah, yeah, he's unreal. 6'8". I mean, he's just got all the ability in the world to change that organization. And uh, Detroit may be a landing spot in the future. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, not, so, not not according to this number two pick. <laughs> <laughs> so, number two, Jalen Green to the Houston Rockets. Makes all the sense in the world. What an excellent pickup for Houston that just grabbed as many draft picks as they possibly could and actually did kind of an NBA quick rebuild right, potentially. I mean, Jalen Green, excellent pickup. The best scorer in the draft, hands down. He's a lethal assassin. Just when you get, just when you get rid of one assassin, you bring in another. So the future will be bright again in Houston. Yeah, and he played in the G League. I mean, this guy has, like, some credible experience to his name and to go second overall, like – he, I've seen so many people talk about he's one of those top three guys, and we'll talk about another one soon, that the potential upside, crazy, could be the pick of the draft, depending on how he plays. Could be the steal. Yeah. Yeah. At number two. At number two, which is usually not a steal, but yeah. Oh, man. Okay. And then I don't even think, by the way, either, even if he is a steal, Cade Cunningham, I still going to work out. Like, the crazy dra- This draft, un- unreal. So... Pick three, just like we all thought and Melky dreaded, Cleveland Cavaliers in the East take Evan Mobley, the big man. Melky, how do you feel about this pick? Okay, so I, I get Cleveland, you grab the best player available. But I know you already, you already have Jared Allen, and you have uh, some other big pieces there. Is there enough room in that front court? Maybe there is. Maybe they actually know what they're doing in Cleveland post-LeBron. Who knows? Uh, apparently Mobley was saying he's a generational player and he would be, it would be a big mistake not drafting him. So he, so Detroit and Houston, you might be eating your words. I doubt it, but you know, it's, I think he'll be a slam dunk. 
Yeah, uh, absolute slam dunk. Great player. You kind of sold me on him, the big man presence. And I was that was my second option for the Raps. I, I truly wanted him. And uh, a big man is rare to build a team around. And yeah, spoiler alert, what you said about Allen and kind of that formation for a part later in the episode. So moving on, your <laughs> Toronto Raptors, the number four pick. The first time we've had the number four pick since Chris Bosch, who, you know, potential Hall of Fame or what have you. Um, everybody's thinking we're taking Jalen Suggs. I'm fired up. I'm texting you. This guy's landed in our laps. I'm super fired up. You're saying the same. The pick comes in up with that grin. Our commissioner says we choose Scotty Barnes. What a shocker. 6'8 from Florida State. The man with the big braces, the big personality that everybody seems to love. Again, Melky. How do we feel about Scotty Barnes? In a, I know we'll go back into it in a bit, but have just <laughs> quick, a quick little note on how you're feeling. Okay, so the man is definitely an NBA player. Yeah. He has the right tools to be a great NBA player. But he's not a star. He's yeah. peace. Yeah. yeah, and maybe, hey, I might be eating my words, and I'm going to go into a rant later on. But this league is built on stars and superstars, and the potential of Suggs just outweighed Scotty Barnes. I know it was actually very close. They were pegged four and five anyways. But come on, man. Like, Would you rather a player be compared to Draymond Green? Or Joe Johnson. <laughs> That's all I got to say, folks. Yes. yes. <laughs> Very polite how you said that now. <clears throat> um, you know what? I'm going to do complete bias and say that I am happy with the pick. However, uh, not so happy on draft night. I really had my heart set out on Suggs. Especially we all knew Lowry's going. Like that was the main talking point. In fact, we had already thought he was going to be fucking gone at the trade deadline, and that didn't happen. Um, Masai has built enough trust in me, and he's back, fucking right. Again, we'll talk about that in a bit. But I'm I'm pumped for Scotty Barnes. I think the heart's there, the mindset. He's willing to put in the work. Apparently, the shooting clinic he put on pre-draft has shown that he has tremendous growth, and he continues to want to do that. And he has that infectious personality. And not only that, but he's a proven winner. So I'm thinking if you're getting rid of Lowry and we've gotten rid of some other pieces like Norm and the other big guys in the past who were loud voices and were with the more international players, um, I think this guy, you can really build a solid, solid team around and he could be a huge centerpiece and a, a fan favorite. But yes, I wanted Suggs. I agree with you. You nailed it with the fan favorite. I think the city of Toronto is going to fall in love with him if they haven't already. It's nothing against him. I'm I'm not knocking his skills because a man who is 6'8", 6'9", with that wingspan, who can dish the ball, who whose NBA IQ is apparently off the charts. You know, he does everything. He does everything you want in a basketball player except shoot the ball. And what's the most important thing in this league? Shooting the ball. And and I know we can develop, you can develop a shot. I mean, all of us except for Ben Simmons. But socialite Ben Simmons? Socialite Ben Simmons. Mm, keeping up with the Simmons. <laughs> but yeah, but going back to it, I just feel like Suggs 
would have filled a need that we that we desperately need right now with the loss of Lowry and Powell, like you alluded to. And I feel Barnes is a replica of OG Pascal uh, to a smaller degree, Achua, Kem Birch, Boucher. It just, it's like a replica. I, I, I see him as a glue piece instead of the main piece. That's my point. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> we're pretty much doing the Barnes uh, thing right now. But uh, you know what? It's just quickly, too, that I just want to agree with you because I definitely think it's frustrating when a number four pick isn't like a the guy who's going to win you it all and i agree i think barnes is a piece and he'll be a major piece and you don't you're not like hockey you're not wearing the c on your jersey but he would be wearing the c that's how i view it but we would still have to bring in someone else draft a superstar do another Kawhi trade or whatever we're going to have you he's not that guy who's going to he'll win us some games he's not going to it's not Kawhi shooting those i don't know that that's the at number 4 it's a little questionable and that's my point okay with that being said <laughs> number 5 pick Orlando Magic guess what Jalen Suggs falls to them. Orlando, kind of a career killer, a little bit of a joke in the East. Um, they got a guy put into their laps. I don't think they were expecting to get, but maybe they were. Who knows? But, I mean, this guy I really wanted. Uh, a bit smaller, but just a pure scorer, a pure shooter, and, and a guy who just, when he gets the ball, he's a threat, and he's going to get more coverage. He makes guys open up, and then when they realize their mistakes get away from him, he can just sink it. Like it's, I, I really wanted him and Orlando fans are ecstatic and all the reporters saying it's an a plus slam dunk pick for them at number five. They can't believe it. It's kind of a passive chirp to us, but again, I wanted him. <laughs> yeah. I wanted him too. And it, why are we helping out Orlando when they don't know anything or how to develop period where, that's also like the abyss of the NBA where players just go to rot and die. Like a Terrence Ross. When have you heard his name really since we sent him there for a Baca? Where, where would you have Ross, by the way, in the future on, on kind of Raptor bus draft picks our, our list? He, he's, he's kind of up there. He is up there. It's the for only, you know, you know what saved him? What? When he had that, was it 51-point game? or Yeah, that's what saved him from not being a bus. And the fans loved him. And the fans loved him, and he was in the slam dunk contest. So like he was somewhat relevant. Yeah, He just didn't pan out like he should have. Yeah, yeah, but sorry, go on, go on. Yeah. No, basically that's all I have to say. Jalen Suggs is a guy I, I could have seen him represent the T-dot for a long time. And... With that being proud to 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 rock Toronto on his jersey, not saying Barnes won't either, um, but just Jalen Suggs is an, is an assassin. I I like assassins on my team. Guys are just pure dirty shooting sh- or shooters, or just pure like scorers who have n- who basically have no. Uh, it's, what's the word I'm looking for? No. Um, Fear, no fear, just fearless. Going to the going to the room can create their own shot, and and, and he also a leader. He's actually an underrated leader, and it showed when he played for Gonzaga. So it's just it's just a shame we. I understand they're trying to go with something in Toronto, but 
I'm always to believe you pick the best player available. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, or I will never cheer for Orlando, but you know what? It sucks too. But you, in his words, like you could tell, it, it not broke my heart or anything, but it's like you could tell he wanted to go to Toronto. Like we were a good fit, perfect. I'm sure his agent, everybody's telling him, like Lowry's out. It like the keys are yours, pretty much. The perfect setup, and he was so pissed off. Nobody will ever change my mind otherwise. After the <laughs> like, oh, teams that forgot about me or, or or went over me, you're gonna regret it. I think like, I mean, even now in the preseason, he's been putting up some pretty solid numbers. He's had a few good games, and it's just you you can already tell like Orlando's got a little bit of a home run, where we've got a bit more of a project. And yes, I I agree with everybody. He's got huge upside, but he's a project. He's a, he's more of a project than Suggs. I think Suggs is a little more polished and more NBA ready, and he could possibly start for Orlando, depending on what they're what they're doing over there. Because again, that Markel Fultz, eh, yeah, uh, you know. So I just feel like we gift wrapped Suggs to to the Magic. Yeah. Okay, so we'll kind of get back into the whole Suggs Barnes thing in a second, but just to finish off the top ten. We've got uh, OKC drafting uh, Josh Giddy at number six. Warriors draft Jonathan Kuminga. I know you'll step on that in a bit, but that was a great pick. Orlando, again, being in the friggin' top ten, they grab a big man, Franz Wagner, and this guy is rated high, and he looks good. Like yes. another solid pick. Yeah, those are two solid top ten picks for Orlando. Which, which both, yeah, both kind of fell in their lap. I mean, not so much number eight, but... And then number nine, we got Davion Mitchell. And then finally, number 10, Pelicans draft Zaire Williams. But they traded down from 17 with Memphis, who originally had the pick. So that's kind of your top 10 of the NBA draft. And I'm of the belief where it's too early, way too early to ever criticize kind of a player at this point. Like, I won't call anyone ever a bust this close to their draft night. But this top 10 pretty much almost a slam dunk for every team like you're getting a solid player a strong draft here yeah this is probably one of the strongest draft classes in a long time since you know maybe the lebron draft where you have potential stars in the making from one one to ten almost yeah so it's you know i i think the teams you know these these kids are gonna con uh, contribute and probably contribute quickly because uh, most of them were game ready. If you look at them, they're they're ready to rock. Okay, Melky. <laughs> <Bah. laughs> um, you know what? No, let's do. We'll do winners and losers first. We're gonna stick to our typical notes. So we'll hold on a sec because <laughs> I can't <laughs> wait for our little uh, continuation of the discussion. So we're gonna do a quick winners and losers. Uh, Melky, why don't you go first for winners? Who is your kind of winner outside of the? I mean, we kind of did outside of the top five. It's it's pretty much a slam dunk at this point. So, who was your winner? Well, anyone in the top five was basically a winner. Exactly. And and the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. Why? Because they had the number seven pick in Jonathan Kaminga, who boy, let me tell you, they're saying he's probably the best defender in the draft, and that's saying something, Scotty Barnes. Um, yeah. <laughs> He, uh, he played in the G League as well. He posted 15.8 points per game, 2.7 assists, a steal, six rebounds, 
He's been compared to Jalen Brown, and that's not a bad thing at all to be compared to Jalen Brown. Uh, like I was saying, arguably, arguably the best defender in the draft. And so I feel like he's going to just make that team over there uh, in Golden State just better defensively. And with that youth movement, you know, just help Steph and Clay uh, stay young forever, man. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like two excellent picks. This was my top choice as well. And I know a lot of people, they wanted them to kind of trade the draft picks and bring in like a big superstar to help the boys. And maybe this doesn't necessarily help win now. But I honestly think it does because – these guys can get some serious actual playing time and possibly playoff uh, experience time this year coming up. So this is fantastic. And Kuminga at number seven, what a steal. That was a huge I, steal. I know we've used that word already a bunch, but like that's really frigging good. And again, just like Green, G League experience. I mean, playing playing against men. Not I'm not you know insulting the college game or anything because these are 23, 24-year-olds playing, whatever, but like some real hard hitting uh, potential basketball. And I mean, this guy, like Warriors, yeah, they balled out. All right. And then they uh, made another splash at number 14, drafting Moses Moody. Yeah. Uh, can from... you say the name right? What's that? Are you not Kendrick Perkins? You can say the name uh, right? Oh, I can't. I'm, I'm, I'm not stubborn Perkins. He thinks he's right about everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Moses Moody from Arkansas. He, he posted uh, 16.8 points per game, 1.6 assists. Uh, his field goal percentage is 0.427. His three-point field goal percentage was 3.58. Shot 80% uh, uh, from the from the free throw line. So, how do you make a a team full of snipers even better? Three-point specialists even better? You get another one, and that's what they did. Is another weapon for their arsenal, and what better way to enter the NBA and be tutelage by Steph and Clay, who are arguably the best backcourt shooting duo in NBA history? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I, I really think it helps Golden State already transition from like a rebuild team when these guys leave like they're just going to be set you know Steph's like loyal till the very end he's going to help out that team however he can uh just fuck man Golden State constantly like a a dominant NBA team of the last decade and continue to do so and you could tell kind of with with Steve Kerr last year too just as a side note like they played well but he was struggling to get the team to win. And he's also, you know, with Wiseman, he's trying to help these young guys grow. Like there's there's a a real transition and they didn't have a bunch of their big guys, Clay and Curry, to just put up the points where you're just going to get the wins and these guys are going to get positive playing time. So I think with these guys coming back and just bringing in these other young superstars, like it, it's fucked. Like we're, we'll talk a bit later. They're not with the big dogs right now this year, but Golden State, I think, can have a really nice playoff run, man. They can have a nice playoff run and a nice team, uh, like you said, going forward. Because um, these young guys are only going to get better. Because that—that's they know how to win. All they do is win. Couldn't have said that any better. Okay, so for my winners, um, just a quick shout out. This one's not mine, but Charlotte getting book night at number eleven. I just think that is a really, really good piece for a team that struggles sometimes to get good players. I like that, but I'm actually going to go with the Houston Rockets in full rebuild mode. They are my winners of the draft outside of the top five. And actually they're already in the top five. I'm trying not to count Mobley because we already know how sick he's going to be. And he's a starter already, but they picked up 
Uh, Alperin Sengen, he's from the Turkish League. This guy is ready to play now and can actually probably play well. Like, it's it's kind of disgusting. Like, I, uh, I'm i truthfully, like, how would I know who this guy is before this <laughs> But I did look up his highlight uh, tapes, and they are right what they're saying. Like, this guy might be able to transition to the NBA now, and he can have some serious starting minutes on this Houston team. Is he coming over this season? I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. Do you, because, what if you, well, because usually, unless they, uh, they've already negotiated for him to come over, usually it's a year or two away, which isn't a bad thing for Houston. No, not at all, man. I, that's what I was saying, especially uh, with where they are right now. Yeah, they can afford to wait. Yeah, I don't want him to just get absolutely put into the muck of it right now and just get kind of shit on, and it maybe hampers his development a little bit. So I don't know. That's that's a great call. And then finally, they also got uh, Usman Garuba at 23. Uh, this guy played for Spain in the Olympics, and he was solid. He might be one of the best defenders in the draft. Again, a future piece for Houston. Um, so those top three picks in the first round, and I mean, Houston just was collecting first and second round picks like nobody's business. And I think that they pretty much passed all three this year. Yeah, they they definitely get an, an A in my book um, for the drafting and the scouting. They, they did their due diligence. And I, again, they will things will be all right again in Houston. And everyone will forget that James Harden ate his way out of there. Yeah, I mean, we saw Professor Klump, like the nutty professor this season. I've never seen a guy do that. I've never seen that either, and there's always a first in everything, so congratulations, you fat fuck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, that's actually hilarious that you bring this guy's name up because I was just about to say before you said that, special shout-out out of my anger to Brooklyn as well, who actually did pretty well in this draft with their two picks. Like, I mean, Cameron Thomas at 27, who's also a pure scorer. This guy I was really looking into. He was another guy. I was following a bit of his college career. I'm not the biggest college basketball fan, but I knew this guy. And then from everything I've seen, that Dayron Sharp guy is the real deal. And it pisses me off because Brooklyn is probably the top contender out of the East right now. And they've got, again potential superstars in the making out of a draft that's this heavy this deep the rich keep getting richer fuck sakes but you know what in Messiah, <laughs> trust buddy we're still there they, they may all slander us they may say that we're not the city to party we're not the you know the best team for your development for where you are in your career certain players may be saying that you're wrong big city come on big city with bright lights come on okay so uh, quickly for losers of the draft. Uh, again, I'll just preface this with saying it's hard to call anybody a loser of the draft with the draft pick. I mean, the kids are, are too young. So we'll just say potential to be a bust in our eyes. So um, I kind of have just two that I had. First one was uh, Zaire Williams. I just think trading up for him is a bit of a question mark with the guy's development i mean his time at stanford wasn't the greatest last year he was struggling a bit and they were thinking he was going to fall but again this is one of those times where maybe you know that other teams are going to take him before but it was a bit of a question mark for me and then my second one before if you want to say anything is just uh josh primo uh the kid (laughs) is really really fucking young to go to that team I mean, if you ever want to talk about a project out of all of this draft, I know that he killed it 
in the draft combine and everything beforehand and, and the last few games he had beforehand. But again, it's a little bit of a stretch for me. And going back to your first pick, that was the Pelicans, right? That you yeah. mentioned. Yeah. They've been screwing up all off season. Yeah. Yeah. I, I question um, David Griffin's uh, philosophy. First, he picks a bad coach in Stan Van Gundy. Like if, if Dwight Howard's making fun of you, you know, you're not a good coach. I don't care what anybody says. Zion's going to want to leave. They keep pissing him off. Like you, you lost Lonzo Ball. Spoiler alert for our free agency talk. You lost Lonzo Ball. Um, Is Ingram and, and Zion going to stay forever? Like those guys, the Zoe, that was supposed to be their big young three. And Lonzo's already gone. Well, Ingram, he re-upped uh, last season. So he signed their max. But yeah, Zion's not going to want to stay at the state. So I, I'm wondering what's going on in New Orleans. This is the Nolia. This is crawfish, man. This is Bourbon Street. And you can't fucking put a winner together? For shame. Yeah, and that's, you know what? I want to go to New Orleans. That's one of the places. I would love to see a game there. I would love to go there, period, and um, see Big Daddy and See what he's up to, but <laughs> <laughs> big daddy. Oh, you caught me. <laughs> well, I wish it wasn't so fired. <laughs> oh, there he is. Okay, so are you is, is that gonna be your potential uh bus? Are you agreeing with me about the whole New Orleans thing or or what's yours? Uh, On most nights, yes. But I, okay. I have to go back to my uh, Toronto Raptors. And I'll tell you why. Okay. Jalen Suggs, and I'm saying this right now, is going to be an all-star, and he's going to be a better player over Scotty Barnes. Now they will contribute two different, uh, two different things to do two different teams. But I'm telling you, and I will, if I'm wrong, if Scotty Barnes makes an all-star team or has a better First two seasons over Jalen Suggs, I will buy the worst NBA player's jersey of that time. We will research who the worst. Hey, I'll fucking buy a Hoffa Alarujo's fucking jersey or whatever. Like you, you, the worst, you can pick the worst of all time or the worst in the NBA currently. I will buy his jersey and wear it on an episode of Nothing But Miss. But I am so confident that Jalen Suggs is going to prove me right. I'm going to make that bet. Now, we're going to look at his numbers, okay? We're going to look at Scotty Barnes' numbers in college. We're going to look at Jalen Suggs' numbers in college. So, Scotty Barnes, he went to Florida State. He averaged 10.3 points, 4.1 assists, 1.5 steals. Uh, field goal percentage was 0.561. Three-point percentage, pedestrian 2.75. He averaged, you know, almost a double-double with his rebounds. Nice player. Comparison to Draymond Green and Jabari Parker. Last time I checked, Jabari Jabari Parker barely played on any NBA team. He's probably, if we're talking bust, he's probably one of the biggest busts at number two. Yeah. In NBA history. Yeah. Definitely so, recent NBA history for sure. Hundred percent. So versus he is Scotty Barnes is versatile. Like what he's known for is a versatile and power uh, player. That's his greatest strength. It's six foot nine. He's got a huge wingspan. His weakness, he can't shoot the ball. Now, yes, you can be taught how to shoot. Um, apparently in the combine or uh, during the Raptors workout session, 
he impressed them with some of his shooting and his intangibles. That's fine. I'm not saying he's not going to be a good player. But Jalen Suggs, man. Like, Jalen Suggs. Let me tell you his stats. So he went to Gonzaga. He scored 14.4 points per game, 4.5 assists per game, 1.9 steals. His field goal percentage is 503. Three-point percentage, 337. And average about five rebounds. You don't expect him to average a lot of rebounds as being a guard, right? He's being compared to Jason Kidd and D'Arian Fox. I'm sorry. Last time I checked, Jason Kidd will be a Hall of Famer, has a ring. And last time I also checked, the Lakers are still kicking themselves for choosing Lonzo over D'Arian Fox. It's just he's being wasted in Sacktown. He's got great leadership skills, tough physical attributes on both ends of the floor. He can play defense too. So I know they're in love with Scotty Barnes being able to um, to handle all four positions on the defensive side, but Jalen Suggs is no scrub on defense either. Man can play D. And the only thing is he's a little inconsistent. Again, that can be fixed. And it was rumored he had a bad workout in Toronto. Yeah, yeah, we both heard that. But... So what? Everybody has a bad day. Yeah. I don't think that should matter if, if you've got years of like, yeah. Um, Very, very frustrating when you put it like that. Like, I mean, we were both kind of upset draft night. The, the thing about, and it's kind of almost unfair to, to Scotty, is that he's either going to go down with Bosch and Lowry and just be like a fan favorite all-timer at number four, or he'll be considered pretty much a bust because yes, at number four, it was a bit of a reach because you're right. Jalen Suggs was right there and we all wanted Suggs. Like I know there are some guys out there who probably did want Scotty Barnes and looked at the metrics and all that and knew, you know, yes, he has one of the highest upsides of the entire NBA draft and could potentially be the best player in the draft. Potentially people don't feel that way about Suggs. Those names you just mentioned, he's being compared to, Lowry's out the door. Lowry is gone. Who are we replacing him with? There's literally a guy. And by the way, folks, we're not even supposed to have the number four pick. Where we were originally, yeah, we could have probably got Scotty Barnes unless, again, what we don't hear behind the scenes is they knew that somebody else was going to take Scotty and or nobody wanted to trade because if the Raptors trade down, then you kind of know that they want Scotty and, and you can play hardball with them. It's a bit bullshit, but it's like... Again, I trust Masai. I think he has a full game plan, but I just feel like Suggs would have been a bigger, more key piece for this team right now. Like you have a potential bona fide starter on this team that's already pretty stacked with some good players. Like we could make a nice little run. And not only that, just a future all-star. Yeah, yeah. And Scotty Barnes, I don't think is going to be like necessarily a starter this year. When I was looking at, like I was making my starting five and all that stuff. It's depending, you know, where Pascal goes. And like, again, we'll kind of get into it, but with Kemp Birch and all of that, like I necessarily see him as like number two in the depth position where Suggs, oh, yeah. No, it's just frustrating because we have a guy like OG Ananobi who's almost the same player. The only thing I'll give Scotty Barnes credit for is his court vision is way better and his his defense is probably even a little better than OG, but OG plays mad defense. OG improved his shot. 
OG is a little more ferocious because he's got, you know, more experience. But you have a player like that, and you have a player like Pascal. So why are we duplicating all these players, these glue players, instead of getting a one guy that stands out? It just makes no sense. You have a guy who could be the man, potential man of the franchise going forward, the face identity of the franchise going forward. And you would like to go to a guy who potentially, potentially could revolutionize the game or be a piece. It doesn't make sense. Unless you're planning on losing for a long time, it doesn't make sense. No, you know Masai, man. A wasted year is a wasted year. He's always in win mode now, and that's what we love about him. But like Scotty Barnes, to his credit, it's one of those things where I do agree he has one of the highest upsides because you touched on it before, the basketball IQ, the defense, like all the um, intricacies and all the – you hear the intangibles and everything outside of the game. It's all there. So, yes. The Raptors have a bit of a recent history in rebuilding shooters. That's true. Can you do it with this guy? And if you can, then yes, all the pieces are there that he's going to be a superstar. But again, Suggs was pretty much ready to step into the position. Like you had kind of the heir apparent to Lowry. Now we we don't have that piece. No, he's Orlando bound. He gets to go to Disney World every day. Lucky bastard. Nah, he'd rather be here. But you know what? Hey, hey, Scotty Barnes just got his braces off, man. The smile is fucking genuine. He seems like a great fucking kid. So, again, I'll stay on the positive side. He is going to become a Raptors legend, and you are going to be wearing some shitty basketball jerseys. Well, make, my, me, make me eat my words, Scotty Barnes. They but will. I doubt, it. They will. I doubt it. No, they will. They will. Have a little bit. Is there anything you like about Scotty? No, I like, I like his, um, his attitude. <laughs> No, I don't like him at all. No, I like his (laughs) attitude. I like his hard work. I like he he reminds me of the junkyard dog with better talent. That's what he reminds me of. And that's what I'm afraid of. He's gonna be that instead of a guy when there's five seconds left on the uh in the game or on the shot clock and he's taking that shot to win it all. That's what I'm afraid of. Whereas Suggs could have been and probably is that guy yeah do you think that Suggs like you have that much faith in Suggs Suggs, that he could be a real uh rookie of the year candidate he can be up there especially Orlando has nothing to lose so they're gonna they're gonna display him he's gonna be put into the fire into the fray and he does. I mean, yeah. And would I would I give him the edge over uh, Cunningham and Green and Mobley? Actually, I might over Mobley, but over uh, Cunningham and Green? No, those two, they're head and shoulders above everyone else. But yeah, he could be up there. He could probably finish third. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you said that. I actually think that uh, Green's going to have a serious, serious contention for Rookie of the Year. I think actually, think Green's going to win it. Yeah. Yeah. I I just think with with the team and with the playing time and kind of the systems that they're putting in, like this guy is going to put up some massive numbers and they're just going to Houston is going to go right back to kind of being a factory again. Absolutely. Okay. So anything left there for Scotty Barnes? Prove me wrong. Prove you wrong. Prove you wrong. Okay. Well, we're going to quickly talk about some guys who uh, didn't prove us wrong. They were a bit of a bust. Uh, Melky, I want to know, in your <laughs> mind, 
Who is the biggest Raptors draft bust of all time? Dun, dun, dun. This one was a no-brainer. Yeah, it was my number one as well. It's a no-brainer. The man that resides in Brazil. I don't know if he's there right now, but he probably should stay there. We're talking Rafael Arujo, who was the number eighth pick in 2004. The Raptors were hoping to pair the Brazilian in the front court with Bosch. They were very wrong. He played in Toronto for two seasons and was out of the league after three. Andre Iguodala with the pick after. Andre Iguodala was the pick right after. Talk about salt in the wound, Raptor fans. This man sucked hairy balls. He, he was from BYU. First of all, that was their first mistake. Why would you draft someone from a fucking Mormon college in the first place? He didn't know what he was doing. Yeah, he was a big body, but God, he, you and I, you and I would have played better basketball than this man. He was hot garbage. Rob Babcock, you were the worst GM in Raptor history, and you almost tarnished our um, our beloved Raptors forever. Thank God they got rid of your monkey ass and this man. So yeah. Arujo is my biggest worst Raptor pick. Yeah, couldn't agree more, man. It was just that very, very frustrating time to be a Raptor where front office made some very questionable decisions constantly, constantly. Like it was just, I mean, we were just that meddling team. There wasn't even like playoff hope. It was just such bullshit. It, it was really hard. <laughs> we were a laughing stock. And, yeah. and it's sad because like a few years before we, had just battled the 76ers uh, in the Eastern Conference uh, semifinals, and it was on the up and up. And then all of a sudden, we signed a 40-year-old Olajuwon who could barely move, and we make ridiculous moves and draft bums like Hoffa and Michael Bradley. Yeah, another name, by the way, Michael Bradley. But, dude, again, and I told you this before the pod, like that is part of the reason VC left Toronto. I know he had his bullshit thing, but with just those questionable moves, like why would you, with the way this team's going, why would you stay here, man? It's frustrating, frustrating as it is for me to say that. And not only that, but Arujo, okay, before he was even drafted, there's like controversy, right? Like he was kicked out of the tournament or something. I remember some bullshit where it was like questionable what he was and his uh, mental aspect of the game. And there were people saying that he was already a bust pre-draft and then the Raptors still drafted him. I, oh, and I sound like a broken record, but you always draft the best player available. Yes. Andre Iguodala is a champion. He's a proven champion. He's a proven scorer. Yeah, so what if Vince Carter played that position? Who gives a fuck? He could have played alongside. He could have learned from Vince Carter. I don't understand drafting a guy who has absolutely no idea what he's doing on the court. Like, wasn't there someone else better? Man, speaking of, you just, with what you were saying about that fucking idiot we had in charge, but, like, this is, Scotty Barnes is either going to go down as, like, probably one of the worst things that Masai did as a Raptor, uh, like, executive, or one of the best. Like, there's no in-the-middle thing. Like, that's what I just keep going back to. Like, it's such a, like, these projects, like, it just goes back to what you said, man. You always choose, and I am a fan of many teams in many sports who are guilty of this. You just don't choose the best player. You overthink. And not only that, 
constantly overthink. Not only that, like, let's say Suggs doesn't work out, his value still higher than Barnes, where you could ship him off. Like, if Markel Fultz could get traded, and he, again, there's another number one pick who, besides Kwame Brown, could be a huge bust. And, like, he got moved. So, Suggs, I'm pretty sure, like, guards, really good guards are hard to find these days, too. And you, I'm sure a team would have taken a chance on him if he didn't work or he didn't work in the Raptor system. You could have got something for him. Whereas, no offense to Scotty Barnes, like, he just seems like a replica of other players that you can get either out of the G League or overseas or draft. So, it, Man, it's one of those things, too, where, like, because, yes, we have all these 6'9 guys and everything, it, like you said before – it's one of those things where it either revolutionizes the game or it's one of those things that's always supposed to revolutionize the game. And then after a couple of seasons, it goes right back to the same kind of style of basketball that it always goes back to. It happens in hockey. It happens in soccer. There's just cause and effect of like just kind of the physical and mental aspect of the game. That's just like, like, I don't know, like it does seem like the NBA is kind of, steering towards kind of having this balanced out long armed alien individuals that just connect hand to hand and stop you from doing anything but yeah we'll see okay so going back to the raptors bus thing i completely agree with you he was my number one pick uh my 1b pick andrea bargnani the first overall in the 2006 draft yes i know i know he had a better career than arujo i mean what more is to be said, but let me just give you a little facts, okay? This guy was supposed to be the second coming of Dirk Nowitzki, okay? The European influence was in full force. This was a massive, big-body guy. He had the IQ. He knew how to, to move the ball. He was just going to be a playmaker out there, a transition specialist. He comes over, and guess what? 14.3-point uh, average, uh, five boards on 43% shooting over a 10-season span. I mean... Just absolutely not great. And to put kind of salt in the wound for Raptor fans, um, after him, Brandon Roy, Rudy Gay, Rayhan Rondo, Kyle Lowry, LaMarcus Aldridge. Um, what we chose was a unathletic and injury-prone center. Do you remember there was that big debate between Andrea Bargnani and LaMarcus Aldridge? Yeah. That was, that was between those two. And I had said... We already have a guy like Aldridge. So I was for getting a seven-foot, three-point specialist. Now, I didn't – and he played in Italy. And he played the hype was there for him, man. Like, Bargnani had hype going into the draft. Don't even get – like, don't be a fool about that. So yeah. it's like – So the Italian stallion, I thought he played with men. He's used to getting pushed around. So then when he comes over here, I, I never seen someone so soft in the interior. Yeah. That was his problem. He was he could shoot, he could play, but he couldn't do anything else. Couldn't rebound, couldn't post, couldn't just couldn't anything interior. He could not do. That was his downfall. I had no faith in him at the end of the game, and that was such a frustrating part for me. Like he was not that guy. Like you're talking about that softness. Like how many nights, as a Raptors fan, are you looking at those close contested games? That guy's on the floor, and we didn't win the fucking game. No. And, 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 we, and we'd end up going like, 
like three for nine in the last few minutes of the fucking game or something. Like, dude, I would be pulling out my goddamn hair, which is. <laughs> and then not only that, like it frustrated Chris Bosch because you're supposed to have it's supposed to be like the Twin Towers almost. Yeah. You know, playing alongside and Bosch had to do everything dirty where Bargnani's just like, I'm going to hang on the three point line. And if I sink it, I sink it. But, you know, I do it for Primo Pasta, so it's all good. Where the fuck that get you? What other first overall pick has worked out for the Raps? None. That was our first overall pick, okay? So you're left with Bargnani in our team's history. So that's why he's my choice. Yeah, you know, I can't argue there. I just feel like he did a little more than our boy Hoffa and Michael Bradley. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> okay, that draft went friggin' long, that draft review for us, buddy. So fantastic. I've been waiting to talk about this with you. We've had so much. Um, we're going to transition now to a little bit of free agent frenzy. And I hate to put this team on not not a pedestal but kind of single them out but lebron loves the spotlight we're of course talking about the lakers first and foremost and we're going to give a quick rundown because these guys had a massive offseason after a very diff uh difficult injury prone and disappointing for laker fan season talk about a facelift yeah this is this is seemingly has gone better than anything michael jackson ever accomplished so yeah, like what a transformation this team is getting, uh, you know, who coming home. That's right. You said it. Okay, Mr. UCLA, late, uh, LA native Russell Westbrook is traded with a 2024 second round pick to the Lakers for Kuzma, Caldwell Pope, Franken Harrell, and a, the number 22 pick in that draft, which is quite the haul, quite the haul. Uh, I definitely think for Russell Westbrook in his 30s, that is a great trade for both sides. Um, for me, though, the funny part is Lakers defense has taken a real fucking hit, dude. Um, yeah, they're going to be able to score, but you got a bunch of alpha dogs who are kind of me first. I'll score. If I'm not the option, I'll move it to the other guys, and, and I'm talented enough that I'll be able to. But Russell Westbrook is coming in, and yeah, this guy, the triple-double, everything you want to say about him, but he's a shoot-me-first. Is he just going to, I guess he's just going to change completely how he plays to win this championship on the super team and sell out. He's, he's going to have to defer. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, look what uh, Dennis Schroeder thought he was a bigger than uh, the big three, and look what happened to him. Yeah, was... big, okay, biggest bust of the draft of the NBA offseason is that hamstring <laughs> down. Mr. Turn down 84 mil for uh, a measly five. Good job. <laughs> but yeah, no, um, this this is probably the best team he's uh, been on since the baby baby thunder uh, back in the day. So it's it's time to put up or shut up. And I have a question for you: Who takes the last shot at the end of the game? Is it street clothes? Is it uh, Bron Bron? Or is it uh, Jar Jar Binks? I mean Russell uh, Westbrook. Um, I think at the start of the season, it's going to be the brow. It's going to be the, they're going to give it to the young guy and LeBron's going to do it. LeBron's going to do it. LeBron, I said, LeBron's going to do it. <laughs> and, and Russell's going to be Mr. Positive. Look, I've changed. And then it's going to click into Russell mode. And that guy is going to be draining every single last shot. So starting, starting December. 
start in December. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I could see that happening. Maybe they fucking draw straws for each game. Yeah, is that what you think they're drawing straws? Yeah, I think so. Or or, or they're drawing LeBron's hair plugs. If that makes life easier. Well, man, with their age, I like. I, let's see if they stay healthy. I know LeBron is is loving all the haters and all the doubt and all that. And we're gonna see. We're gonna see. They are definitely a serious threat. In saying that, like I said, their defense took a hit. They sent out some big names, and because of who they brought in and all the money they have tied up, um, the Lakers are kind of like our Leafs, where they're kind of going with a lot of minimum contracts and smaller guys. So just to round it out, you got. Dwight Howard, you got a couple guys coming back, Trevor Ariza, Wayne Ellington, uh, Kent uh, Basmore, Kendrick Nunn, Malik Monk, Carmelo Anthony with LeBron. Oh, boy. So, And then, of course, they re-signed Talon, uh, Horton Tucker. So uh, a bunch of names to kind of round out this Lakers team. But it's a lot of guys who have come back, a bunch of names of guys who have never won. I think that's going to kind of feed into the hunger. They've got all these vets and these guys that are – 27 28 and a couple of the names that they've never won they're going to be hungry what do you think about the lakers how they did in the free agent this is the oldest squad in the nba ladies and gentlemen get your metamucil ready Uh, (laughs) i mean you you do what you have to do right like uh you're under a salary cap regime you got to bring in guys in the at the vet minimum or who are hungry like you said to win a championship so I think this team could definitely do it. They they just they might have to incorporate load management for some of these oldies because there's a lot of them. <laughs> they they need to stay healthy. Like if there's one team that's like a Jenga fucking puzzle where if one piece falls out, it's gonna crumble, it's gonna be the Lakers this season out of the super teams. With their age and just the history of everybody there. Like I know Russell will outlast them and he'll be at the end of the season, sure. But the other two? Well, Russ is forever young, but yeah, the other two, who yeah. knows? Uh, they'll probably take turns sitting now. Like one night it'll be LeBron, one night it'll be Street Clothes. Uh, well, Russ will refuse to sit, but they'll probably say we we need you for the playoffs. So he'll probably sit here or there. I got a question for you though. With this move, with this roster that's assembled, pretty much, are the Lakers the favorite in the West going into next season? Like obviously, I I want to say yes, and when I was I kind of knew that you were gonna ask this question, but uh, I'm gonna say no. They're number two behind Clips, the other LA. <laughs> <laughs> Despite um, Kawhi not playing until December. No man, you're pissing me off with this question because the obvious <laughs> choice kind of for both of us is yes. It's one of those I'm gonna kind of cowered out and do the answer where oh fuck man i don't want to do that bullshit where i say if they stay healthy yeah it's the lakers because i do think it's the lakers but i chose last year i said it was going to be the nets versus lakers i had the exact same thought before they friggin' brought in russell westbrook like their offense is going to be crazy watching laker games this season the points they're going to be putting up when all these guys are on the friggin' board so yeah i i think that they're pretty much the betting favorites of the west right now and and they're probably the best team going into the season with the best chance out of the west it's going to be showtime in slow motion with these old fucks (laughs) so so what's the answer to your question oh yeah they're the favorites yeah they have to be and lebron's putting his reputation at stake because 
if he can't get it done with Russ and and the Brow and the rest of the oldies, it just it just proves to everyone. I mean, I already know he's not the goat, but it just proves even further he is definitely not the goat. So he needs yeah. to get this done. Yeah, you'd think most guys would be happy being a top two, top three player all time, but been around yes men for that long. Sorry, LeBron, you're not the goat, buddy. And you're also apparently not the goat of NBA basketball actors <laughs> because I still refuse to see this movie, but Space Jam 2 is out, my friend, and the reviews and box office and everything, not great. Not that great. And LeBron apparently not the best actor. Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? Yeah, it grossed 31 mil on uh, opening weekend. Oh, but boy. after that, after uh, the next weekend, it dropped 69%. Nice. And they seem to be blaming it on COVID. Well, let me tell you something. COVID doesn't explain your terrible acting skills, you bald motherfucker. You don't have the numbers for, like, streaming and stuff, like how you can rent it on PS4 and all that shit? Uh, sadly, no. I was trying to look for, like, specific numbers, and they they really didn't give a lot of intel. But they did say on, um, like, IMDb, there was only a 27% approval rating. Yeah. See, I feel like it, it could have made a bunch of money, kind of everybody in their home being like, oh, I'm by myself. Fuck it. Let's see this train wreck. Like, I'll check it out. Nostalgia. But from what I've heard, and again, I'm not going to watch it, but from people we know, including Goobs, it's pretty much just Warner Brothers kind of displaying their catalog to everybody and just being like, hey, here's all the characters we own. LeBron James in it as well. And um, we've kind of updated the original Space Jam because this script sounds like with all the matrix jokes and everything going into it that I've heard that what everybody's saying is true, that this movie was written 15 years ago and it's just been sitting in the shelf waiting for a superstar NBA player to take it. And LeBron is yes, one of the biggest names since Jordan. So attach his name to it, but terrible. Like the trail, I, I watched the trailer kind of days after just being like, all right, let's see <laughs> the grandma doing, ah, no. Do you think they approached uh, Michael before? Like he said, it's been on the shelf for what, 14 years or something like that. Do you think they approached him uh, a few years later after the first one to, to maybe do a sequel? Oh, knowing Hollywood, probably as soon as the movie premiered, they were probably offering him like a trilogy. I don't doubt that. But no, I think that this movie was like kind of, you know, made for someone else, whoever the next big, like, so, like, like the Looney Tunes was the important part of the problem. Yeah. You can replace the other name, whoever, because it's, even if they're a wooden actor, we're all just going to go out, especially, you know, it's made for kids. They're going to love it because they love the player. But LeBron, LeBron doesn't have that love like Michael has. I'm sorry to say. I don't know if it's maybe like oversaturation of social media internet and you kind of know every player nowadays and there's like so much info but like but michael was on a different level every kid just wanted to be him well every he just he just loved the game i feel like he loved the game more i'm not saying lebron doesn't because lebron wouldn't be playing this yeah sport. obviously he loves the game but just michael's passion you know, he didn't take any nights off. He didn't complain about, I need this player, that player. He didn't want to play with others. He wanted to be the greatest. He wanted to play against the greatest. And whereas LeBron has to tag, triple team, tag team with other superstars to, to get it done. Uh, <laughs> not Michael. Not no. Michael. No. 
I completely agree with you there. Okay, so that's going to be pretty much it. We're not going to give too much attention to the friggin' Lakers. We just wanted to kind of put a spotlight because uh, kind of a massive, not necessarily a rebuild, but a revamp for the Lakers and still the favorites out of the West. So we're going to kind of move on now to free agent frenzy in general. What kind of went around the league? Melky, you want to start us off? Any contracts, any signings? Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I mean, there was a lot, obviously. Uh, first, the first uh, day was very uh, impactful. We're going to go, I'll, I'll list one off. We'll just list, we'll go back and forth and list uh, some okay. signings. So I'm going to go with a shocker to me Chris Paul re signing with Big the Phoenix money. Suns. Four years, $120 million. Yeah, massive contract for a 36 year old. But, Sorry to interrupt you, but they had to. Like, you kind of had to sign Paul. To this, you were kind of in a, uh, not a lose-lose situation, but, like, you needed to re-sign Paul when you had the chance, and he got that money. Oh, and well-earned. Uh, good kudos to him for getting four years. I thought he would have gotten a two-year deal or, at best, a three-year, but kudos to him. I mean, his play showed it. He led this team to the NBA Finals and well-deserved. Yeah, uh, completely agree with you. For one of my free agent signings, um, yeah, you and I were were still pretty heated about the whole Suggs thing. And guess what? Lonzo's out there. We can actually still get a piece that we need. No. Instead, <laughs> this man is going to Chicago. Bulls have decided to turn it around. They haven't been to the playoffs since 2017. Not only do they bring in Lonzo, but they bring in one of my personal favorites and, and kind of a guy that people have started to hate a bit. And I get really frustrated hearing that, but DeMar DeRozan on a massive contract as well uh, to Chicago Bulls to help out Zach Levine and uh, Nicholas Vukovic. How do you feel about Chicago's uh, free agency? The Bulls are going all in. All the chips are on the table. There are no more excuses for being media, mediocre or pathetic it's do or die. They also signed Alex Caruso as well, which was a nice signing. Yeah, That's, I did not expect that. No, they they were they've been dishing out money. He got a four year deal at thirty six point nine million dollars. He's a nice nice piece, nice backup piece. He plays defense. Lonzo knows him from his time in L A. I was about to say, I don't think the Lakers were expecting to lose Caruso. I truly believe that. I didn't think they were until they made the deal for Russ. Because once that yeah. happened, then you had to. Yeah, kind of had to like cut your losses there. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay, so uh, my two Chicago picks, Melky. Anybody else? Yeah, let's go with uh, the man I wanted the Raptors to pursue, Jared Allen. Resigns with uh, the the Lonely Cavaliers, five years, a hundred million dollars. I was very sad because we needed that big man present, and I actually wanted them to trade for him a few years ago. Sadly, we didn't, but uh, yeah, he's locked up in Cleveland for five years. Uh, how do you feel about this move? Um, yeah, we spoke at length that th there wasn't a lot of centers that could come in and make an immediate impact with this Raptors team and kind of play at the level that we expect this Raptors team to play. Allen is one of them. I mean, this guy is young. I, what, 22 maybe? 20 yeah, he's really young, early 20s. Yeah, one of obviously one of the best centers out there. Crazy amount of money to me though, and, and I'll get into that in a little bit. But um, like, yeah, just a great pick. I really, really, really wanted him with the Raps. I, 
Like we had lost some big men and the experiment from last year didn't necessarily work out. <laughs> so I thought that if Cleveland, depending on the draft and where they were going to be doing, this guy could potentially be available. I wanted the Raps go all in on him. I didn't expect them to give that type of contract. I don't know about you. I was shocked. That was, and that was actually one of the first signings too. And I, yeah. they, I guess he enjoyed his time there because I wouldn't enjoy There's nothing fun to do in Cleveland as Damari Carroll and Corey Joseph stated years ago. <laughs> Carroll, whatever about that guy. Corey Joseph though, legit. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm glad you brought up the term five years because I'm going to bring that over to our boy, Norm. Mad respect. I know this was pretty much already done. We had talked about it, but five years, $90 million, the hard work finally pays off for our man. I know there are people out there saying it is a massive overpayment. It's a, one of the not great contracts. I don't give a shit. You <laughs> applauded him right there. Norm, get paid, buddy. I personally think you absolutely deserve it. Get your money. Well-deserved. Brings it every night. Yeah. Um, Portland has a great player. Yeah. Fantastic. Melky? Yeah, I mean, there's so much activity. Yeah, we're not going to obviously go over. We're just kind of going over a bunch of big ones that we like. I'm going to go with a shocker. Patty Mills. Brooklyn Nets. He got a two-year deal, 12 mil. He's going for a championship. Yep. This is a great move. A man who could shoot. A man who uh, played well for Australia. A man who... um, is in the from the pop system so what better way he's you know he's gonna give it all every night uh yeah the rich keep getting richer like i said earlier yeah i completely agree and that's awesome that out of nowhere you kind of brought up that whole kind of minor contract and guys going for the win because my little surprise contract is Otto porter jr going to golden state man uh the winger decided to keep money on the table head over to golden state for the same reason you just said uh, he thinks he's got a great chance at winning them with that team. Uh, you would not be wrong. So for me, that was another great signing. Underrated, very good signing. Uh, just like PJ Tucker going to the Miami Heat. Oh, I'm so glad you brought this one up. That's friggin' crazy. And from what it looked like with PJ Tucker online, he wasn't expecting to leave. I didn't think he was going to leave. I thought they were going to re up uh, him because he signed. Uh, a very nice deal, two years at $14.4 million. I, I thought Milwaukee would have had the money for him there. But yeah, going uh, going to Miami, going to South Beach on a veteran team, uh, he's just going to make them even tougher. Yeah. Um, God damn it. Okay, the last one we'll kind of talk about for this free agent right now, obviously Kyle Lowry. Uh, the man goes to the Miami Heat. We'll kind of t- – touch on it in a bit because we're going to do another quick little free agent raptor segment but yeah this guy the big one heading over to miami uh, so miami's in full win mode now they're obviously not the best rated team out of the east but they're going to make a serious push with this man they, and, yeah well, they get a floor general right they got a guy who's won a championship who's been through the ringer who they wanted like the, the guy they, they wanted they got yeah they wanted him uh, during the trade deadline and i mean i deal can uh, the deal couldn't be agreed upon, but yeah, Jimmy Buckets, Kyle Lowry, uh, Bam Adebayo. There's a new big three in South Beach. Yeah, beautiful. Okay, Melky, I want to know your winner. We're going to do winner and losers of free agency. Buddy, what do you got for me? Going with Lonzo Ball and the Chicago Bulls. Fucking A, dude. I wanted him really bad, and that is a great contract on that team. Zach Levine and DeMar wrote. DeMar- 
DeMar DeRozan are going to enjoy running down the floor with the eldest ball brother. And don't forget Vucevic. The amount of pick and rolls this team is going to be able to pull will make your penis hard. And of course, he plays well on both ends of the of the floor. Lonzo Ball has great court vision. He's improved every year since being in L.A. He His intangibles are off the charts, and he's going to bring it every night. And not to mention, he will take a, a back seat for Levine, DeMar, and Vucevic. This is a home run for the Bulls. Yeah. Yeah, that, that guy's a, a serious piece for their future. I completely agree. I had it as the number two pick for my winner as well. Um, mine is the Miami Heat and Lowry, but also P.J. Tucker. Like the combination of picking those two up when you have Butler on the team and, and you didn't really have to necessarily get rid of anybody like Hero and all these guys are still there. Uh, crazy. I mean, PJ Tucker, how many times did I talk about him during all our playoff episodes? Like, and how instrumental he was with Milwaukee, his defensive play, the perimeter, everything he brought, like just his, uh, you want to talk about basketball IQ, like talk about PJ Tucker. And I said it before, but I was kind of going over his like tweets and his Instagram. He was like making comments like, wow, I'm still shook. I can't believe this happened. But grandma told me like, always go forward. I'm looking forward to my time in Miami. He did not want to leave Milwaukee. I don't know what happened if they insulted him with some crazy contract or there was some miscommunication or they didn't really offer him anything at all and kind of like the Raptors did, were waiting for somebody else. But massive, massive win for Miami to obviously get the guy they wanted in Lowry and then a piece that has them potentially being kind of the winners of the free agent frenzy period with a deal out of nowhere that nobody was really expecting. Well, they also picked up Murray Morris too, one of the twins. Yeah. I think, you know what, from Milwaukee, just to touch base on that, I think they picked uh, Portis Jr. over him. I do Portis, they re-upped on him and they probably low-balled. Right away, they, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And then they, and then they low-balled. They, I guarantee they low-balled and insulted P.J. Tucker. So he's like, that's fine. I'll just go to South Beach, man, where the weather is sweet and the women are even better. Uh, yeah, you're probably true, and it's funny you say that because Porsche's contract is fantastic. Like it, very, it is a treat, uh, cheap, team-friendly contract, so yeah. it surprises me. But yeah, maybe you know what? It's like I think of it more too, where it's like you know, this guy is the the great newspaper article about him coming off the bench. And he had some great games, and he won us that one game. <clears throat> Nobody's dismissing that, but like, did you did you put me seriously on the fucking back burner to sign this bench player when I just won you a championship for the first time since the seventies? And like, you're waiting to see how this contract plays out before you're signing me. That's kind of how I see, it. and that could be like a massive, yeah, okay. If you're gonna treat me like that, then you know what? I won the championship. The fans love me. Like, let's let's you're right. Let's go to South Beach. Let's enjoy it before it sinks underwater. That's exactly it. And that was an underrated trade, too, that they yeah. made with Houston, which I didn't even know about until I see him in a Bucks uniform one night. I'm like, oh, when did I have to look it up? But that's probably what went down. And, and it's unfortunate. But, hey, he's got a great opportunity um, with the Miami Heat. So, that yeah, that's a great call on your part. Yeah. And then quickly, side note, another winner of free agency is Masai coming back to Toronto. So Raptors, I mean, possibly the biggest piece that they had to do. And I was worried all the way leading up to last episode that it hadn't fucking happened yet. Um, so fantastic for that. 
quickly before we get into kind of our uh, what you'd like to call the head scratcher, because I don't want to call them losers. So that's way better. We'll say the head scratcher move. Um, Milwaukee losing PJ Tucker. I had that written down as one of my massive head scratchers. Since we kind of focused on that for the winner, we won't touch on it again. But yeah, that is a massive head scratcher move that you just lost that guy, especially when everybody in the league knows you're trying to go back for back to back. I mean, Giannis is there. Yeah, why not uh, bring it back? Bring it back. Bring the band back. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure if you made a reasonable deal, he would have came back. He would have probably taken a little hometown discount to re- to bring it back. But if you insult someone, then yeah, they're gonna walk out the door. Yeah, brutal. Okay, so when saying that, my kind of uh, head shake is losing Lonzo. And kind of the Pelicans' free agency altogether. Uh, Just kind of a head-scratcher. They brought in some great pieces, but nobody to really replace Lonzo. I think, I know Ingram, you've said he re-upped just recently, so he's kind of in it. But Zion, I would be worried as a fan with the way the NBA uh, atmosphere and everything is right now. Like, you want to keep that guy happy. And, I mean, you lost a massive, massive piece. Yeah, and Devontae Graham's not going to cut it either. Like, he's a nice yeah. player, but he's he's not Lonzo. He doesn't have Lonzo skills. He's solid. Like He's, he's a good player. He's a good player. No, like, that's – I mean, I guess if that's a consolation, fine. Yeah. But, yeah. but come on. You had a chance of being a young, big three going forward and basically you insult Lonzo and spit in his face. And, yeah, I would have walked too. And why not – be the guy who brings back playoff basketball to the city of Chicago. And you like, you were already starting the reputation of like, they, nobody wants to be there because Davis left like you. And then you got Zion. It's like you were literally given that second chance where they were like, Oh, it's actually a mistake that Davis left. Like that was a fuck up. Here you go. It's like the NHL with Phoenix. Like we are going to just help new Orleans. Like you guys will succeed. I promise you. And it's just like, Piss poor management decisions constantly. It's David Griffin with his head up his ass thinking, I brought a championship to Cleveland. It's like, no, LeBron brought a championship to Cleveland. You were just there for the ride. Yeah, like a certain Cowboys owner. Okay. Elky, <laughs> what, what was your head scratcher? <laughs> My head scratcher? You're that comment you just made. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, my favorite Frenchman in the league, Evan Fournier to the Knicks. Yeah. Yeah. On the nice contract for Evan. Are the Knicks better with replacing Reggie Bullock with Fournier? The answer is no. Doesn't turn the needle for a team trying to trend upwards. They desperately need a star guard and not a French bum. You're better than this, New York. You're better. Hilarious. Now, to New York's credit, that Kemba Walker contract is very, very, very nice and could be the contract of the year. But I'm so glad you said this. Such a head scratcher. When I saw the overall total, which 74, it was in the 70s, whatever. It is. I wrote as front. Where did I write that down? Okay, well, anyway, keep, keep, keep going. I'll find it. Yeah, yeah. So any, I, I could be completely wrong. I think it was like 74, 76 million. Uh, I was very, very, very surprised. 73. You were close. 73 million that the Knicks sold out that type of money when 
based on the last few moves they've made before Evan, it actually seemed like they were making the right decisions. Like they were, they were not being the Knicks, but they're still the Knicks. They're like, still the Knicks. They're yeah, they're still the Knicks. I mean, he played well in the Olympics, but I'm sorry, he got crossed over in the playoffs with Boston. Yeah. He was irrelevant. And they had to actually do it like a sign and trade to, I guess, get more money on the books. But I, I just think it's such a waste. You're trying to build something. You already signed Derrick Rose. Yeah, you re-upped in uh, New Orleans Noel. Uh, you have, you still have guys like um, R.J. Barrett and you, you know, and some other pieces there. Like you don't need Fournier. He doesn't provide anything. They need more scoring. That's their problem. They need more scoring. M. Fournier isn't he's a he's not a huge scorer so this this deal makes no sense for me yeah okay so let's kind of end free agency with a bit of raptors talk um i already brought it up the first piece the biggest piece kyle lowry our captain um he's gone to miami we kind of knew it we were expecting it at the trade deadline kind of shocked that it didn't happen i you know i know everybody you want to get the best pieces available and and Nobody wanted to pay what we wanted, but you know, I'm glad we got to see a little bit of Kyle, but yeah, he's gone out the door Miami and it's three years at $85 million for, so he got paid and he got term, which you and I had very long discussions of. I did not want to give Kyle three years. I know that's a, uh, if, if it was cost controlled and it helped us out in the third year or whatever, fine. And, and, but you knew Kyle wasn't going to do that from his comments and everything. Like the man still wanted to get paid, and rightfully so, man. Good for you. But I did not want to give him three years at the money he was asking. No, because you're trying to move forward. You're trying to build for the future, and that cap space is needed. And he would have absorbed a, quite a bit of it. And I mean, he's slowing down. And how much? How much of the? How much of the old Larry are you going to get? Yeah. Move forward. So it was very sad. I mean, it was a sign-in trade to make it work. You know, we got uh, Precious Precious Achua and your favorite player, Goran Dragic. Um, you know, and there was debate whether we should have taken Tyler Hero or Precious. I'm glad they took Precious. I don't know if you were watching the Summer League. Yep. This man's ferocious. Yeah, he's hungry. So, and that block on Durant in the, in the, the Olympics? Oh, boy. I hope we see a lot of that. Uh, it's the end of an era. It's very sad, uh, but it was time. It was time to push the reset button. Yeah, and you know what? We were going to lose Kyle no matter what. So with Precious, and, and you're right, you hit the nail on the head. Just the hungry attitude. He's come to play. He looks excited to be wearing the Raptors uniform. So from going possibly to getting nothing to hopefully getting something out of this, I'm not going to mention the other guy's fucking name. <laughs> it, it's it's a bonus. It's a bonus. Um, and that's the title of the episode. I mean, just based on this guy, it's great. Uh, yeah, Kyle, I wish you all the best three years. I do not like, I don't know. I don't know if I see Kyle being one of those athletes where there's that, just that like steep cliff drop off that you kind of see after like one kind of iffy year. And then it's, it's just done. Like they're gone. The problem with Kyle now is it's the injury issue at his age and, I still think if he's healthy this year, like Miami is a threat with Butler on the field, excuse me, and, and the way that he could kind of lead the team in momentum, it, it's going to be a serious threat. But can he stay healthy all three years? Because 
I mean, I guess pretty much if you if Lowry wins you a championship this year, it doesn't matter. I, I've said that as any sports fan, though. Like, three years doesn't mean shit if you win the championship within three years. So I think he doesn't need to be <coughs> Lowry in Toronto in Miami. So that's the luxury when you have Miami or when you have Butler, Bam, uh, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero. Victor Oladipo is there, too. Yeah, like, another great signing. Yeah, like at a vet minimum, too. So they... He doesn't have to actually be like the guy. Like they have other pieces there. Whereas in Toronto, he would still have to be that old Kyle Lowry. And you nailed it with his age. Can you keep up with that type of basketball at that ripe age uh, of 35? So that I think the three-year term is better for him in Miami. Will he play all three? I think he's the type of guy that'll finish it off and then walk away. And like, yeah, if he wins you a title within those three years, it's a win for Miami. Yeah, come back for that one day signing as well, Lowry. Yeah. Retire. Now, question for you: Do you think Lowry's a Hall of Famer? Oof, nice question. Yeah, yeah, I, I think, think so. I, I think do. so. I, I think, think so. potential to be the first guy to wear a Raptors uniform into the Hall of Fame. Yep. And if he doesn't, and if he wears any other uniform, that's a crying shame. But yeah, he's the greatest Raptor of all time. I'll just even go through his accolades for over his nine-year stint here. He's the franchise leader in triple doubles at 16, three-point shots made at 1,518, assists in 4,277, steals with 873. He's second with points to DeMar DeRozan at 10,540. He's second in games played to DeMar DeRozan at 601. Uh, he's second in minutes with 20,813. He's an NBA champion and he's a three time All Star. If he's not wearing a Raptors hat going in, there's something wrong. Yeah. I couldn't say it any better, man. You just, all those stats, it, it's just unreal. Like every accolade this guy's gotten in the Raptors uniform, um, unreal. A guy who is never going to be Kyle Lowry in the city is Ben Simmons. That that piece of crap? Did you hear his comments? Oh, it was ridiculous. I I don't even know where to start with that. First of all, we don't want someone who's afraid to take that shot or actually play the game of basketball. Yeah, winning say, mentality. Yeah, you can stay your ass in Philly and argue with Joel Embiid about who's eating the last burger for all I fucking care. Yeah, that guy, it's clear he's a socialite. Just as he proudly says, his basketball career is just a stepping stone into reality television for this guy. That's all it is. This is just a way that he will be able to sign a contract with E! News and marry someone. And we'll get to see their 2.4 kids and their little dog and everything. It's going to be fucking great. You think he named the dog Joel? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. He seems like the type of guy who would actually do that. Just just ignorant comments on his part, though, actually. Like, I get it. It's like this whole thing with Toronto where you just were a different country. We're kind of out there. Yeah, we live in igloos. Like, you don't get it until you come here. But I promise you, we're just another massive metropolitan city. It's the same bullshit and the same good stuff to every big city. You just don't have the, like bravado of like new york who just think that they're just like some special breed of human because they're from new york new york i yeah, think like actually ben coming to toronto would revive his career 
Look what, we, look what we've done with players who couldn't shoot or had no um, confidence or no no upside. Uh, we've changed it around. Like, for us to turn down the trade that Philly proposed speaks volumes. Like, they wanted Lowry, Van Fleet, OG, and the number four pick, and we said, fuck no. So, That's almost an insult. It is an insult for a guy who has every – talent and tangible in the world to be a top 10 player in this game and refuses so no thanks that's the type of trade you get in like 2k or nh or something and then you fleece the team because you're pissed at them afterwards (laughs) okay so what what are you gonna say i I know what i'm doing later (laughs) yeah Yeah, i know and and 22 is coming out soon too trust me i'm already on that so Moving on from a guy who looks like will never be a Raptor and apparently is proud to be so. So kudos for you, buddy, because your career is pretty much on the outset, I think, because we would have been your one choice to help you shoot. Um, We're going to talk about a guy who chose to come back to the Raptors, re-sign with the Raptors. I'm talking about the young Gary Trent Jr. This guy signs a three-year, $54 million contract in his partial season with the Raptors. Melky, this guy averaged 15.3 points, 2.6 rebounds. 1.4 assists. I'm going to tell you after losing Lowry, I am a very happy boy with this contract. I think the term and the money for it is excellent. Not that that even really matters at that. And he, he balled out for who he is when he came over, showed enthusiasm, love for the city. I mean, he's repping other jerseys. He's saying all the right stuff. And more importantly, after playing a great season, after being traded and kind of showing teams that you're worth it and you can come in, towards the end and contribute he stayed with us he didn't go to one of these other massive teams he wants to be part of the the rebuild the revamp here so i am ecstatic with gary Trent. this is great and this is great because it's a commitment from a player who potentially could be a star in this league especially you know with pascal being out for the first three uh three weeks he has a chance to showcase his talents and showcase why Masai uh, traded for him and saw uh, potential uh, and who knows man this could be his year so this is a great signing for Toronto fans like you said he's been repping the Toronto gear saying all the right things so it's a positive knowing that someone actually wanted to be here and and remain here yeah I, I it almost I might be getting his jersey it's easy for me I keep just thinking I'll just get the Lowry one because it's always when you get these like players that leave but they're just like legacy players you can always get that jersey especially if we're keeping the same style yeah. but to support him, man. Cause he supported us. I might be getting Gary Trent. Ooh. I mean, I just had to get the, I just had to get the Lowry, right? The rock and the red. So there you go. There you go. The little green screen magic. I've never seen the Jersey. It's red. It now you don't. <laughs> oh, nasty, man. You just keep building this entire collection of just merchandise. It's insane, man. I'm running out of closet room. <laughs> yeah, you're going at a nice pace. You might have to take a little break. <laughs> okay, so um, after Trent, we'll just do it quickly because news has kind of changed. We were going to talk about Pias- uh, Pascal. Pascal on the move. It's kind of come out, you know, he's in the plans or, or they're saying all the right things. Him and his agent have kind of turned face and they love the Raptors. They love being a part of this organization. He's making all the peace comments. Um, so just to quickly comment on this, I think unless like a 
a Kawhi type trade comes along, like Pascal's here and he's going to be a little bit, not necessarily a reclamation because he hasn't fallen off that far, but uh, for our frustration with this guy just a couple episodes ago, he's in the Raptors plans, Mel. Yeah, he is going forward. Uh, Bobby Webster said uh, all is right in Raptor land and with Pascal and Nick Nurse. And yeah, we. Sh- I mean, he should be given an opportunity now that Lowry's gone yep. to uh, maybe potentially be the guy in Toronto. Um, we gave him the money for it. He does, yeah, he should get that chance. Yeah, exactly. And it was just rumors. That there's always rumors going around during uh, the draft and uh, and free agency, you know, with teams trying to get better. And I think that's what it was. There's a lot of smoke. Um, but, yeah, he's here to stay. And I'm I'm one to give someone another chance. So let's see what you got uh, come uh, October. Or uh, well, maybe closer to November. But, yeah, let's see. Yeah. Well, you know what? That's the one great thing about being a professional athlete is that it is, what have you done for me lately? That's all it is. Because everything can be forgotten. Like, you can, you could be, like, if I went into the NHL, I'd be talking about, I'll never want to play for fucking Montreal. I would hate them. I'll never want to be traded to them. I would say all that stuff in the Leafs jersey. Guess who would be saying, oh, you know, what if, if they're signing my contract? It is what it is. So, yeah, Pascal, he didn't do anything too crazy. Like, I mean... It was just a more of a work ethic. Does he want to be here? Does he want to be that guy? And, and you know, fans were pissed off that when you got the money to be the guy, you stopped being that guy. Like, that's that's all we want mm. is for you to just be an absolute super fucking star. But you're making millions. <laughs> well, maybe we jumped the gun, too, because he was a great number, two. Maybe that's all he's meant to be. But give him a chance to prove us wrong or prove us right. And we'll get to see that this season. I think, you know what, his numbers, we went over it in a previous episode. They weren't even that bad for when he did play last year. I think he is going to improve on that. But, uh, yeah, the Raptors, uh, a lot of insiders are not giving us a great <laughs> a great outlook for this season. So we'll see uh, individually how we all do. So the rest of this team, we sign uh, Sam Decker, who has been overseas for, I believe, yeah, two seasons. Um, how are we feeling about the Sam Decker? I mean, obviously, this is just a, a depth piece going forward. Yeah, it's a low-risk move, a three-point shooter um, yeah. with size. Uh, surprise, surprise. Uh, yeah, it's a low-risk move, and if if he stinks, so just send him back overseas. <laughs> Not a big deal. Yeah, exactly. Um, you just pretty much hit it on the head. It's, it's low-risk, uh, possible high reward. I mean, I was looking at the guy's numbers. He is... Uh, an insane amount of shots he's taking overseas, like like crazy. I don't know if that's going to transition to the NBA and playing for the Raptors, but, I mean, he was taking a shitload of shots. He was draining them. If any of that can transition, because with Lowry gone, we're going to need those points and everything. Like, you know, I know we've got – we haven't said Fred's name. I'm not doubting these guys, but could be a nice complimentary piece off the bench. And, I mean, we used to be known for having those type of pieces. There's never it's never a bad thing when you have too much shooting on your team. So that's it's just a move, a depth move, and may hey, if it pans out, it's a big bonus. It looks makes look Masai and Bobby Webster look like uh, geniuses, and if not, they'll be swept under the rug and we'll move forward. Hundred percent. The other contract, the one I'm happy about, three years, twenty million for center Kem Birch. Uh, buddy, this makes me very, very happy. And what we saw of Birch last year wearing the Raptors uniform, he definitely did us proud. I mean, uh, this guy was balling out hard on the sleeve, a big man, and a, a possible starter for this team. 
I actually think he does start. I I advocated I advocated for Masai to re-sign him because he, for his numbers, uh, he was night and day from Orlando to Toronto. Uh, Canadian player, which is never a bad thing to have representing uh, the T dot. Uh, another guy that's versatile who can defend all four positions and represent. Um, you know, the six in fine fashion. So this is a great signing. I'm glad he's back. Yeah, me too. I couldn't be happy. And just quickly, my potential five, because I wrote a ton of notes, scratch them out. Point guard, Fred, uh, shooting, Gary Trent, small forward, OG, Pascal is point, and then Kem at center. Yeah, that that should be the starting five going forward. I mean, with uh, Pascal out, I think Boucher will probably start at the four yeah. to start the season. But yeah, that... That'll be your starting five. It'll probably be that'll. Oh, actually, no. Scotty Barnes. If Scotty Barnes is what they say is the closing lineup, will have Scotty Barnes at the five. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, if Boucher's not in, we're gonna have Justin Champagne or whatever. So there you go. (laughs) Okay, so those two contracts, Ken Birch, fantastic man. Like we need those big bodies. Like and, and the fact that he's Canadian just fired me up um quickly out of all these signings i already said it the biggest signing of all for toronto coming back is Masai. this guy finally re-ups we had been getting more worried and more worried as the season went on but they just kept reassuring us don't worry about it don't worry about it in the end they were right because he now becomes uh now we don't really technically know the actual details but allegedly becomes one of the highest paid executives in the nba he's making 15 million a year he's been giving a lot of right and power within the MLSE organization. They've kind of thanked him for his years of service and he's here, he's here to stay. And in typical Maasai fashion comes right out and says, yeah, we're not wasting any time. Like we're going back to win now Raptors mode. I love it. Yeah. The Raptors architect is back. So the Raptor fans uh, should be uh, relieved. This is the best signing of the Raptors offseason, hands down. He was also named vice chairman. I don't know if you uh, saw that. Yeah, uh, his, his role is amplified. And in Masai, we trust. So, you know what? I'm going to have to trust Masai. I know I back last year some of your moves uh, in this pod, but I do trust you. I trust your player development. I trust your insight. I trust your your knowledge. So I'm glad you're back. And you, he should have a st- – when it's all said and done, he should have a statue next to Lowry's in front of uh, the Scotiabank Center. Yeah, if those are the first two Raptor statues to go up, I'm not going to complain. And, and there should definitely be some Raptor statues going up. Um, do you think that maybe it could be more of like – not not that he's taking a and, – and not at first, but like maybe a – bit more of an advisor or take a little bit of a step back because of all his other projects like the basketball Africa project and all that, like maybe Bobby and the organization, because he took that vice chairman role while he's still going to be in the discussions and everything. He's also going to say, Hey guys, like, you know, you can kind of do this stuff on your own. I'll do the, I'll do the big stuff, but like, you know, yeah, I think he has bigger plans. Right. And we've said, yeah, yeah, he has, we've said that before. He's got bigger plans going forward and, I wouldn't be surprised if he just kind of uh, steps takes a step back. He'll still be part of the franchise, and everything will still go through him. But he uh, he hires great people to surround him, and this is this is probably it. Like it's, I wouldn't be surprised if he's actually running MLSC down the line. I could see that happening. 
I totally could see that. I mean, I, I think, like I said, he's going to be NBA commissioner or something massive. Oh, yeah, or commissioner. Or politician or yeah. something like that. I don't know. But, yeah, the Masai, you, the Raptors is not the end for him, and he's going to be here for a while too, so that just tells you. No, sky's the limit for him. Yeah. Okay, pretty sure that covers all of the Raptor talk. No, wait. Special <laughs> fucking shout-out to Goran Dragic, the other piece in the Kyle Lowry – Buddy, on behalf of all of the Toronto fans who heard your comment and then your little fucking backpedal to your agent, no, 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 it was misinterpreted, misinterpreted. Um, you know what? If you want to be like that, we don't even need you fucking here. Don't worry about it. We're just trying to trade you off. If you think that Toronto is not the place for you, Goran Dragic, to be on a competitive team with the players we have in Pascal, Fred, Scotty Barnes, I mean... <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. What exactly are you looking for? And and what do you think you're going to get? Because I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to get worse than Dennis Schroeder. Ooh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> no, yeah. he he pissed me. It was complete heated. And you know what? In the, at the end of the day, Melky, yeah, this guy, like you said, everything can kind of be forgiven in sports. If he does come out and he balls out and wears a Toronto uniform and change all that, but as of right now, and I don't think that's going to happen, buddy, <laughs> Your short-lived stint in Toronto, fucking jog on. Man, he's just, you know, sour. He's just sour because he was dumped by Miami for a more superior player in Lowry. So you're not going to win shit. Even if Miami wins now, you're not going to win shit. No, you're not a part of that. My advice to him is shut up and play, and maybe, just maybe, you get dealt at the trade deadline. Yeah, that's about it. That's all he can do. Like, if, if there are, trust me, the fans are going to let you know how we feel because they will boo you. Like Toronto, like there is a, and we've talked about it before with free agents coming here. Like there's a bit of a wall built up with all us Toronto fans. Like we are very protective of this team because they are kicked to the dirt sometimes. No Christmas games, no like advertisements, no real like push in the States, ignorant comments all the time by like Americans who are proud to make these comments about your neighbors. It's like, I was taught U.S. history in school. You're supposed to know about each other. But anyways, <laughs> like it's just so frustrating. So when somebody who's never even played for us, never even gave us a chance, you're already starting to talk this shit beforehand. I don't fucking need you, man. There's way too many players to give a, a chance to. You're making $19 million. Yeah. Like yeah. really, is it the worst thing to have? You need to have a stopgap and then go contend maybe like – this is the thing you should look at is I'm going to get playing time. I'm going to be a veteran voice in the locker room and I get to ball out. And potentially if I, if I'm playing so well, teams are going to covet me at the deadline and then I can go contend in the playoffs. Like, why are you running your mouth here? First of all, you're, you, you're, you should have been a lot better than what you really are. Yeah. yeah. You've been reduced to a six man role. You've been on multiple teams. Like, bro, Take, uh, take take your ego down to uh, actually bring your ego down to like a, a level two and just shut up and play. Yeah, man, just so asinine when he said that stuff. Like, I couldn't believe it. And like Toronto, we have such a, a massive like um, European influence and European market, especially in the basketball world, too. Like, it's almost the perfect setup for this guy to come in. And you're right. You are not what you were supposed to be. No, you and fans would have loved him too. Like the, he he plays the game the right way, but when you start running your mouth and 
back talking like Toronto. Like is, this is you're on a team that represents the whole country. How do you think we're gonna react to it? Like, bro, just shut up. Yeah. All right. Not so much to leave the Raptors on a sour note, but uh, I guess we'll wait and see how the season's going. I cannot wait for this first episode of the next season, Nothing But Miss, where we'll have the breakdown of, of how this Raptor season's going to look after all this, man. Yeah, we'll see how uh, the roster shapes. I mean, there's still time to tinker and make other moves. So, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked, too. I'm always stoked for Raptors basketball. I just yeah want to make sure the best team is put on the floor. Yeah. Didn't do that at the draft. Allegedly. Allegedly. Okay, so to finish off this episode, we are going to be talking about the Netflix documentary, Malice at the Palace. The untold story of Malice at the Palace. I need to get this name right. Untold Story is a new Netflix series. They're going over through a, a bunch of stuff. There's like a female boxing one, a hockey one coming out next week. I can't wait to watch all of them. But Melky. You watched this documentary right away. I'm not going to take the words too much out of your mouth, but you were just, as soon as you watched it, I think it was midnight, I get a text from you. You need to, like, stop what you're doing. You need to watch this documentary. It's that good. I waited until I went to the cottage. I had it saved. Let me tell you something, Melky. You were right, buddy. For an hour-long documentary that was pretty quick, holy shit. Uh, not not, not going to bullshit with edges of your seat, but I was invested the entire time getting heated at those fucking detroit fans oh, the of them oh my god that guy being like yeah they mistreated a fan buddy you you walked onto the court and you squared up with an nba player what are you doing like anyways <laughs> i want you to talk about it first because you were telling me to watch this melky i know you loved it let me hear it it's crazy how you're a douche back then and you're still a douche now like he sucker punched me. No, you clenched your fist and you went after a seven foot tall yeah. <laughs> NBA player. You deserved everything you got. You're lucky he actually fell and didn't clean your clock. Dude, almost would have killed him. It would have killed him. Actually, Jermaine O'Neal would have would be behind bars if it wasn't for it. You're so right, by the way, too. Sorry, not dinner, but I yeah. feel so bad for Jermaine O'Neal, what you said. Like, I was just going to say, it affected him the most. Oh. Out of any of the guys they spoke to, his career was never the same after that because I think he was so mad at our test and he was mad at the whole situation. He was mad that he was being vilified and labeled as a thug, as uh, David Stern was putting it. It affected him big time because then he got shipped to Toronto. That didn't work out. And I think he just – oh, then he got went to Miami. That didn't work out. And he just disappeared. Yeah, like I have a soft spot for him, obviously because he plays for the rap. He played for the Raptors, but this documentary was quick. But it kind of helped me like understand him a little bit and, and his attitude and like the upbringing and stuff because the guy just worked so hard. And when you work that hard and you pour everything you have into your craft and your passion and your profession, which provides for your family, which is like a massive staple in your life and and something that you pride yourself on supporting them. It's very frustrating to have sometimes guys like Ron Artest and others who don't bring the same, like just, I, I felt for Jermaine so much. Every time he's freaking out, like the locker room argument after the malice and all that and freaking out and guys holding him back, every fucking right to do that. Every right to do that. Yeah. It, should, it should stay in the locker room, but I would go, I'd go out and like, be like, what the fuck are you doing? Well, he lost the most, right? It, that team was primed to win a championship. That team assembled. So, they Brett probably Miller. Yeah. Oh, 
Steven Jackson, Ron Artest, uh, um, Jamal Tinsley. Like, that was a team prime to do big things. And unfortunately, the uh, the one who started, I, I don't know if, well, instigated the fight, uh, took that away from him, and ended up winning a championship uh, with the Lakers down the road. So I just want to throw out a quote that he uh that he threw up there, which is my favorite quote in the documentary. Let's hear it. I got traded to Indiana. I was on the bus going to the Miami game. They said, don't get off the bus. Uh, you're traded. And I remember, you know, I never listened, so I got off the bus. And they said, don't get on the court. And I went on the court. <laughs> and they said, get off the court. And I said, no, and I practiced for like an hour. In their first game. This man is crazy. He's out of his mind. I know he was going through a lot, but he just got to really um, pick or feel for, like, feel how, what he was going through at that time. And he is a loony bin. And I mean, I guess he had every right to thank his psychiatrist when he won that NBA title with the Lakers because he's batshit crazy. Yeah, legitimate crazy. And it makes so not so much more sense because you knew what went on, but just like. I remember when he won and how he was like so somber and being like feeling so guilty. And I'm like, man, did this guy like win the fucking championship? Like he's, he has so many demons and all he could talk about. And they even show there's like, I let those guys down. Like uh, I kind of feel guilty that I have this championship right now. And like Jermaine, his like career was pretty much over and these guys never got in Reggie Miller. Like how could you not feel for him and, and what he poured out? Like that guy just seemed like a real gem that whole. And, and then the pop thrower, like, Speaking of what pissed me off, his arrogance after getting caught, that was a huge piss off. He deserved to get rocked for all that. Where he's like, yeah, I guess I did. Oh, well, you can see it was me. It's like, okay, great. And then the guy who squared up as well, just typical fans. I get that Ron Artest laid down on the table. In Ron Artest's mind, and after seeing the documentary, it's almost like he kind of did the right thing in his mind because he's like listening to a psychiatrist to calm down and count. And it's like, okay, he is trying to calm down. I get it looks like disrespect, and I would be pissed off too. Newsflash to other sports fans. You don't get the fucking right to throw something at somebody. I will give him the finger. Fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah. I'll never, I have never, ever, ever, no matter how drunk I've been and the crowd I've been with at the game, and we, you and I know some real idiots, some real meatheads who get drunk and do dumb stuff. I can tell you they we've never thrown shit at professional athletes. So no matter the disrespect or whatever, automatically you're in the wrong. And if I was in the crowd, man, I'd almost grab the guy's arms and point at Ron and be like, yo, grab him, grab him, grab him, get him. And well, <laughs> if you remember when he charged, that the guy who threw it pointed he to the guy beside him. Coward. So that's why Artest attacked him. Yeah. And he's a coward. He's a gutless. I think it's crazy they're both friends now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean – Stranger things have happened, but yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. It, I, I I liked the angles. Like you saw new footage. Uh, you know, you got to really get the intake up from the players, like Stephen Jackson. I, you know, I have always liked Stephen Jackson, but I had a, a, even more appreciation for him standing up for his his, his boys. He said, "If I ride with you, I ride with you." You know, and he's never changed. I like no, that. No, he's always been. Uh, the same guy from like his days in San Antonio, Atlanta. Uh, he's a good guy. I mean, he won his title in San Antonio, so it didn't really affect him all that much. Play it already. 
Yeah, I mean, psychologically, I'm sure it affected all of them. But oh yeah, to do yeah. the whole court date and all that bullshit they had to. Oh That's yeah, joke like. Oh yeah, it was all over the news that these guys are thugs and these guys are like. And I think Jermaine O'Neal's the last guy in the world to be a thug. The way he always like wore those suits and, you know, pro- yeah, he had cornrows, but who cares, man? Like there was an obvious agenda going. Like that was so true with the, and, and media bullshit and everything. Like the whole thugs thing. It's like. That's what you were promoting. That's what you were promoting and you wanted the NBA. And they didn't even like they weren't the thugs. Like they didn't just go out because they lost the game and took it out on the fans. So it's just a bunch of typical old people spouting bullshit. No, it's just typical classless Detroit fans, uh, you know, um, acting out because they got nothing better to do on a the game was on a was it on a Friday or a Saturday? It was I think it was a weekend game or something like that. And just the way they berated um, the the coaching staff and they threw beer and other liquids on Reggie and just terrible, yeah. And the most important question was where the fuck was security? Yeah, there was no security whatsoever. So, you know, in hindsight. Um, you now know like everyone's beefed up their security you don't know what not to do during that uh, an altercation like that but it was great for you know just to watch a relive because i was obsessed with it when it first came out so kudos to netflix and you know uh i'm looking forward to seeing some of the other ones that are going to come out yeah i mean i was in freaking high school when it happened so it was a massive massive talking point for all of us and um, I'm telling you right now to anybody listening to this, if you have not watched this, just stop this. It, you don't even have to finish the episode. Thanks for coming out. Go watch this right now. Go it's watch. An easy watch. It's an it's easy, easy watch. watch. It's like an hour and 10 minutes. It's so sick. You can, you, watch, you can watch it while you're on the John on your phone. Done. I might watch it a second time doing that. <laughs> Melky, we've done it. We're here. It's over. over. Everybody's giving us a standing ovation. The clock's coming down. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the bonus episode of Nothing But Miss. Um, I'm going to let Melky kind of take us out here, buddy. This time, we'll bid you farewell. Our off-season begins right now. And we'll be back in October. So, until then, you should probably listen to something else. Show us your TDs. <clears throat> Jay's podcast. <clears throat> Nobody gives a fuck. Oh. Support our channel. And don't forget, support our channel by going to smoothbyballs.com. Get 15% off your order using promo code NA30. Because if you're trying to be a winner, take care of your mini basketballs and ding a <laughs> We got to end it on that because that was perfect. I'm Ba. This is Melky. Folks, I cannot wait to see you next season for Nothing But Miss. We're already fired up and talking about it. Exciting things are coming on this show, and we'll see you then. Peace out. Enjoy the offseason. It'll be a training camp like no other. Like no other.